Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone! Thanks for listening to Shoes, Booze, and Tattoos. As always, I'm Jess, I'm your host. I wanted to take a bit of a different turn for this episode. This will probably be a two-parter, I'm not 100% sure yet, but Mother's Day just happened yesterday, from when I'm recording this, and I wanted to do something special for all the moms out there. And everybody that loves their mom, you know, everybody does. Well, most people do. I'm so sorry if you don't. (laughs) But I wanted to take today to recognize some superhero moms. A quick warning before we get into it. Some of these are a little bit graphic. I am definitely going to mispronounce things. And I'm probably going to swear. So if any of that bothers you, feel free to skip over today's episode. But if that's all fine with you, we'll get right into it. Today, we're going to be talking about 13 superhero moms. A mother's love is something that is really unique. It's something that can completely change the way we think, the way we feel, the way we act. There's even been studies done on animals where, when confronted with something, that fight or flight is usually a freeze or run, but as a mom, if their babies are around, they go into fight mode. They don't freeze, they go into fight mode to try to protect their young. This is the same with human moms, too. There's something about being a mom that makes you okay with risking your life to protect your children. This first woman we're going to talk about risked her life to save her children from a house fire. The stories I'm getting today are all from different articles. I will 
say where I'm getting them as I'm going through, and I'm going right from the article as well. This is from People.com, and it was written by Jason Duane Han. Mom of three who almost died saving her children from house fire recovers and weds their father. A Washington mother has made an incredible recovery after experiencing horrific third-degree burns to her body last year while saving her children from a house fire. When Angel Fiorini woke up in her home around midnight on October 28, 2016, she found herself struggling to breathe. She mustered the strength to rise from her bed and open her bedroom door. She stood in front of a terrifying sight. Her home was on fire and engulfed in thick smoke, with her three children, Gianna, Vinny, and Rosalie, inside. It was really hot already, even though it was on the opposite side of the house, Fiorini, 33, of Spokane, Washington, tells people. I just knew I had to get out. Fiorini placed her youngest children, Vinny, four, and Rosalie, two, in each arm, and rushed them to safety outside. But the fire was spreading quickly, with Gianna, eight, still in her room. In that moment, the smoke being so thick and so black, and the fire moving as fast as it was, I had no idea how I would get back there. Fiorini explains, crediting her strength in those moments to her faith in God. There was no way that I was going to stand outside my house, watching it burn with her inside. There was nobody to call for help, and I knew that I was the only one who knew where she was in the house, and waiting wasn't an option. With her living room in flames, Fiorini laid on her stomach to maneuver through the thick smoke to reach Gianna. I couldn't go in with eyes open between that heat and the smoke, so it was almost an army crawl across the ground, she recalls. I crawled toward the bedroom door and had to feel my way into her doorway. Once she reached Gianna, Fiorini dragged her from the room to the front door as the fire torched her limbs. She says her skin melted off onto the doorknob as she attempted to escape through the front door. She passed out just feet from the front entrance, and by chance, a volunteer firefighter passing by rushed in to pull them from the flames. When Fiorini regained consciousness outside, she helplessly watched her home and belongings turn to ash. Her then-boyfriend of 15 years and father to her children, Aaron, was out and unaware of what had happened. Gianna and I had skin charred, melting, hanging off of our arms and our hands, Fiorini remembers. The heroic rescue left Fiorini and Gianna with third-degree burns to much of their bodies, and they were soon admitted to the burn center at University of Washington School of Medicine's Harborview Medical Center. Thanks to her mom's bravery, little Gianna escaped with injuries less severe than her mother's, who had almost half of her body burned. Doctors wrapped Fiorini's arms in thick bandages and placed her on a ventilator to breathe. I remember waking up and being really angry that I couldn't move my arms or talk, she says. 
I remember trying to tell people around me that I needed my arms down and I needed something to drink, but I couldn't say anything. All I could say was arg. Though she contracted bacterial pneumonia and experienced a pulmonary embolism that almost killed her during her admittance, Fiorini returned home five weeks later on December 2nd. To her surprise, her community quickly banded together to relieve some of the family's struggles. Local businesses gifted them a car and a couch. Others raised thousands of dollars, and one family generously gave them a mobile home to live in. A GoFundMe page has been set up for the family for anyone who wants to lend their support. Still, Fiorini said she struggles with accepting so much help. I think it's a natural thing for a lot of people to have a hard time receiving things. Even though we lost everything, I just couldn't really put together why so many people had come together and donated so much stuff. People lose their house in fires pretty often, and it was hard for me to comprehend why we were being so blessed. Erin took the lead on Fiorini's wound care, changing her dressing every day as she recovered. Although they had been together for 15 years and were content with not officially tying the knot, Erin proposed to Fiorini on January 20th, and they married on July 28th. Fiorini and Gianna have made tremendous emotional and physical strides in their recovery since the night that changed their lives. We don't really talk about it very much now, but Gianna did in the very beginning, Fiorini says. I think that might have been really healing for her, being able to open up in the first couple of months about her feelings and what had happened in her experiences. According to the National Fire Protection Agency, more than 2,500 people die a year in the U.S. from house fires. Fiorini says she didn't have a working smoke detector at the time of the fire, and the cause of the blaze is still undetermined. Today, she is aiming to raise awareness about fire safety and remind people to check their alarms. I have a really strong desire to make a difference from all of this. My life wasn't just spared for no reason, Fiorini says. It's something that gives me strength, knowing what I've overcome and what I've been able to fight through. I thought that was (laughs) an amazing story. Something instinctual in us makes us not want to be that close to fire, even if we like fire (laughs) and we like sitting around a fire. If our house is in flames, we don't want to go back in there. Many people don't go back in for anything. But this woman went through this whole house that was engulfed in flames to save her eight-year-old daughter. There are pictures of her online that you can see. Again, her name is Angel Fiorini. F-I-O-R-I-N-I. She looks beautiful in her wedding dress. Her kids look happy. Her husband looks happy. She does have the scars from the burns, but... I mean, that's a small price to pay to still have your daughter... Now this next one, a woman also gave something up in order to save her children. This is again from People.com, and it's by Nicole Wisensee Egan. The title of this article, People Icons. Mom who saved her children from tornado 
has no regrets about losing her legs, it was my time to step up. It's been five years since Stephanie Decker made the life-altering decision to save her kids instead of herself when a tornado ripped through their town of Henryville, Indiana, and the devoted mom says she has no regrets about losing both of her legs in the process. I don't even think twice about it, says Decker, who appears on People Icons, Heroes, and Survivors on Tuesday, March 14th at 10 p.m. This was a couple years ago, by the way, so you're not going to be able (laughs) to watch this. You might be able to see it on YouTube, though. I wouldn't change it for a million bucks. Things happen for a reason. It was my time to step up. On March 2nd, 2012, Stephanie, now 42, had just made it home with her two children, Dominic, eight, and Reese, five, when the wind really started picking up. So they made their way to the basement. I looked up, and I saw a trampoline that was staked into the ground go flying across the yard, she says. Then the entire house started to shake. I became petrified at that point, and one of the windows busted in. So she took a blanket, wrapped her children in it, and laid down on top of them. I watched the foundation separate from the house and lift up, she says. The F4 tornado, with 175 mile an hour winds, was tearing through their home. She looked up and saw a 20 foot steel beam, which had been holding their house together, falling toward her. I could see it in slow motion, she says. I was covered in bricks and stones. I could let go of them, move the stuff off me, and get away from that beam. I chose to let the beam fall instead of letting go of my kids. The feeling was I'd rather get my arms ripped off instead of letting go of them. Instead, her legs were crushed. But that wasn't all. Now she was trapped with the beam on her legs, and there was another tornado, this one an F2, headed their way that ripped a pillar off of their home. The pillar was coming straight for my daughter's head, she says. Now that I only have upper body movement, I can't cover them, so I'm twisting back and forth, taking the brunt of the flying debris. I twisted my body, and it broke eight ribs and punctured my lung. But her daughter was safe. After her kids ran for help, she made a pledge, and knew if I could get out of here, I would somehow try to make some kind of impact, she says. One year after the tornado, she started the Stephanie Decker Foundation, which has helped 250 children who have lost limbs attend a local sports camp. She also travels across the country as a motivational speaker. She and her husband, Joe, 47, a high school math teacher and baseball coach, did not rebuild their home. They now live about 15 minutes away in Sellersburg, Indiana. Stephanie recently took up running with special prosthetics in hopes to one day be on Dancing with the Stars. I love the impossible, she says. That's my forte. I am like speechless over this. Tornadoes, I don't think scare me much, but we don't, we don't really get a ton of them here. They've popped up, I mean, definitely, but 
where I live up here in northeastern Ohio, they're, they're not quite super common. I don't know if it's because we don't have as flat of a terrain as a lot of places. I'm very close to Pennsylvania here, so Pennsylvania is known for all the hills and everything it has. Maybe that's part of it? We did have a tornado come through this part of Ohio, I think in 85. I'm not 100% sure if that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right. 85 or 86. That was before I was even born. My mom was a teenager then, and she kind of remembers it. My grandma remembers it. But I think that was the last, like, actual tornado we had real, real close to me. I couldn't imagine knowing that a tornado is coming, watching your house be ripped from the ground, and knowing that you have to protect your two children. All of these things that all of these women have done are like every mother's worst fear. So I am so sorry if this is like panic inducing. But we are going to move on to another mom who did something amazing. Again, all of these moms are amazing. This is from ABC News and it was written by Karma Allen. And this is a little more recent than the other ones. This is from last year, 2019. Woman says mom instinct took over when she fought off cougar attacking her son. Now, when I was looking up some of these articles, there are a few attacks that do seem to be way more prevalent <laughs> than others. Um, cougars? mountain lions and crocodiles and alligators seem to be very common occurrences to where moms need to jump into action. I came across quite a few articles with that. But this Canadian woman said her mom instincts took over last week when she fought off a cougar that mauled her seven-year-old son in their backyard. Chelsea Lockhart was doing household chores on Friday afternoon when she heard her son, Zachary, scuffling with something outside their home in Lake... Fuck. It's not Lake Fuck. I'm sorry. (laughs) Cowacan? Lake Cowacan? I think. Vancouver Island. She said she rushed to the backyard to look for the source of the commotion and found the boy fighting for his life. I ran downstairs and I ran toward his voice. I turned the corner and saw this animal on my child. She told CTV on Tuesday. He was on the ground and the cougar was attached to his arm. I had mom instinct, right? I just leapt on it and tried to pry its mouth open. She said she doesn't know where she gained the strength, but she fish-hooked the juvenile cougar by the mouth and managed to pry him off. I just looked at him and I thought, Oh my god, my kid could die right before my eyes. All you think is, what can you do? What can you do in your own physical strength? She recalled. I'm so grateful for him to be alive. She said it's a miracle that Zachary survived the attack with only a gash on his head and a few injuries and cuts on his neck and arms. I knew that in my own power and in my own strength, I wasn't going to be able to pry his mouth open. So I started praying in tongues. I'm just crying out to the Lord, she said. Three sentences three sentences into me praying it released 
and it ran away. Zachary is expected to make a full recovery, his mom said. He was resting up at his grandma's house on Monday. We are definitely well on our way to recovery, and Zach is resting at his grandma's house, having some one-on-one time there, Lockhart said. His stitches are healing. He is well on his way to being fully recovered. Officials with the British Columbia Conservation Officer Service said that they found two cougars, both juvenile males, about 20 yards away from the family's home. They were both hungry and looking for food, according to the service. Scott Norris, sergeant with British Columbia Conservation Officer Service, said the animals were euthanized after the attack. The mom looked out from her deck and saw the cougar on top of him and sprang into action, Norris told ABC News on Tuesday. She grabbed the cougar and yanked it off of her child. Vancouver Island has said, Vancouver Island has had several cougar attacks over the past few years, but it's a rare occurrence, he says. I did read another article on this particular one too, and it had said that for some reason, these two male cougars, yeah, these two male cougars were pretty young and they had been starving and without their mother for a few months, which is odd. Usually the mother hangs around for quite a while, so they don't know what happened with the mom. But these two cougars were basically just desperate for food. That's why they went after him. It's sad that they had to be put down, but if they're a danger to society, you have to. And as I think in the other article I read too, they did set up some type of camera and live bait traps or yeah, some kind of bait traps to where it wouldn't kill the cougar if the mother came back and searched for her for her cubs. They weren't really cubs. They were just younger, you know. So that is fucking terrifying. This next one is a little bit different. Lauren's mom used body as speed bump to save twins from rolling car. This is from WCVB, and it was written by Kimberly Bookman. Mindy Tran's left knee was crushed and her right leg dislocated from her hip. The 22-year-old was injured while trying to save her twin daughters from the rolling car. I had to use myself as a speed bump to slow it down enough for one of my neighbors to get in and completely stop the car, Tran said. The incident happened on March 6th, just days after signing a lease at her new Lawrence apartment. She backed her Honda into the garage, put it in park, and had her two-year-old twins buckled in the back seat when she said she got out to unlock her front door. She saw the car start moving. I was like, what's going on? And I see my daughters sitting in there in the back seat. And of course, my first instinct is, I have to push the car back up into the driveway, she said. She was afraid the car would go down her steep driveway and into the busy Marston Street. She said her motherly instincts just kicked in. My daughters are my everything, my everything. And I don't want to see them in the hospital. I don't want to see them hurt. I knew that at that time, it was either me or them, she said. That's when the new neighbors ran to help. She jumped in front of the car, 
one of the neighbors jumped into the car, stopped it, and helped to get her daughters to safety. Firefighters arrived and stabilized the car with with wooden blocks and then used an airbag to lift her car. Trance has been in and out of hospitals and has another surgery set for Wednesday. Knowing there's a long recovery ahead, she vows she'll walk again. It was all for my kids. I'm just glad my kids are fine. I looked for updates on this story too. And I think they said she's walking again. I mean, this story was from 2014. So as far as we know, she's walking again. Back to normal. I guess the car was rolling too fast for her to be able to just hop in and slam on the brakes. It was enough to where she had to jump in front of it to slow it down or else it was going to go into this main busy road. And most likely her her girls, her toddlers that were in the backseat would have been seriously hurt or killed along with who knows how many other people. This next one blew my mind. (laughs) Protective mother Russell's lost polar bear. This is from the globe and mail.com. It was published back in February of 2006. So it's been a while since this, but the story is still a great story. And it was written by Paul Waldy. I am most definitely going to mispronounce this woman's last name. (laughs) I am so sorry. Lydia Angu, I think, is her name. I am going to refer to her as Lydia throughout this, as long as I can remember. Lydia's kids sure won't be giving her much trouble anymore now that they've seen her wrestle a 700-pound polar bear. Lydia lives in... Damn it. Ivujevic, a village of 300 people on the shore of the Hudson Bay of northern Quebec. One Wednesday evening earlier this month, Lydia was walking near the village community center with her two sons when a group of children playing street hockey nearby were shouting and pointing frantically. Lydia, 41, turned around and saw a polar bear sizing up her seven-year-old son. She told the children to run and raced around to get between the bear and her son. Then she started kicking and punching the animal, according to police reports. In a flash, the bear swatted her in the face and she fell on her back. With the bear on top of her, Lydia began kicking her legs almost in a bicycle motion. She was swatted once more and rolled over, but the bear moved toward her again. A neighbor heard the commotion and came rushing over. Seeing Lydia wrestling the bear, he ran to his brother's home, grabbed a rifle, and headed back to the street. He fired a few warning shots. The sound did divert the bear's attention from Lydia, just long enough for him to aim and fire again. According to police, this neighbor, Mr. Analek, fired four shots into the bear before it finally died. With the help of some neighbors, Lydia made it to the home of Nelson Kahn, a constable with the Katavik Regional Police Force. She came in a panic, Mr. Kahn recalled in an interview yesterday. She was obviously in shock. She was saying, bear, bear, 
I just took her over to our nursing station and I asked where and if the bear was dead. She said yes. Remarkably, Lydia suffered only a couple of scratches and a black eye. She and the local police have been fielding calls from across Canada ever since the incident was first reported last week. Lydia, who doesn't have a telephone, couldn't be reached yesterday. Meanwhile, villagers are still marveling at her courage, and there is talk of nominating her for a bravery medal awarded by the Governor General. I've been here 24 years, and I've never seen this before, said Larry Hubert, a regional captain with the police force who arrived on the scene just after the bear was shot. For sure, she saved the kids' lives. Mr. Hubert has known Lydia for about 15 years, and he can't believe that she took on a bear. He said the bear measured about 8 feet, or 2.4 meters, in height, and weighed at least 700 pounds, or 318 kilograms. Lydia is about 5 foot nothing and 90 pounds on a wet day, Mr. Hubert said with a laugh. She's pretty quiet. I'm surprised she went and did this. But I guess when your back's up against the wall, I guess we come up with superhuman strength. The place where this is, is one of the one of Quebec's northernmost communities. It's situated on a peninsula where the Hudson Bay meets the Hudson Strait. While polar bears roam the giant ice packs that float just off the shore, Mr. Hubert said that it's rare for them to wander into the village. He said that he believes the bear that tangled with Lydia became disoriented and was not looking for food. She's lucky the bear wasn't hungry, he said. If the bear was hungry, she would have been eaten pretty quickly. Kevin Ramsey, Turgeon, another local police officer, said villagers might spot a bear near town once a year, but no one can recall a bear getting close enough to hurt anyone. Polar bear attacks anywhere are rare. About two years ago, a research student was pushed to the ground by a polar bear in Wapusk National Park, which runs along the shore of Hudson Bay near Churchill. A colleague managed to scare the bear off by hitting it with a piece of wood. It was the first bear incident in more than 20 years in the park. The last fatal mauling in that area occurred in 1983. However, officials in Russia have had to shoot three aggressive polar bears so far this year. According to the Russian branch of the World Wildlife Fund, one bear killed a 15-year-old girl in a remote village in the region of Chukotka, Chukotka, something like that, which is across the Bering Strait from Alaska. The organization said in a statement that decreasing ice cover caused global warming is the reason for such behavior because it has disrupted the bear's feeding patterns. So that's... Wow. (laughs) Um. Hmm. I didn't... I knew that polar bear attacks weren't frequent. I've also read some things in a couple different places that with polar bears, they're easily or more easily scared off than a lot of other bears unless they are hungry. If they're hungry, they will get very aggressive. I don't know if any of you live (laughs) anywhere that polar bears roam, but if you do, be careful. Keep an eye out. This summer, we are supposed to get record high temperatures 
It's forecasted so far that it's going to be a hot, hot summer. So just be careful. Now this is another mom fighting off a cougar. This is from cbc.ca. But this is back from 2009. Conservation officers in Squamish, British Columbia, continued to hunt for two more cougars after a rash of attacks, including one in which a mother fought off an attack on her daughter, three, who couldn't understand why the big kitty didn't want to, quote, play nice. Oh, how sweet. (laughs) Five conservation officers, aided by two dogs and their handlers, eventually tracked the cat through several yards and eventually shot it just off of Depot Road in the Brickendale neighborhood, about 60 kilometers north of Vancouver, four hours after the attack Tuesday evening. DNA samples taken from the cougar will be used to determine whether it was the one that attacked the child, they said. The cougar is the second killed by conservation officers since Saturday. The other was shot after two dogs were attacked on a popular hiking trail on Friday and Saturday. In the attack on Tuesday, the cougar pounced on Maya Espinosa from behind as she and her mother were walking their dog and picking berries in Fisherman's Park near the Squamish River. Maureen Lee told CBC News that she was turning away to pick a berry when she thought she saw another dog approaching out of the corner of her eye. But it was the cougar coming to attack her daughter, Maya. All of a sudden, it just flew on her, rolled her a couple of times, and grabbed her under its belly on the ground like in the fetal position, Lee recalled. Maya was on her back, and he had his paws on her head, and I just knew I had to act really quick. So I just jumped in there and wedged myself between the cougar and her on the ground and I just got up and threw it off of my back and grabbed her and booked it she said the toddler suffered puncture wounds to her left arm and head but was recovering well her mother said neighbor Wade Rowland said it appeared the girl didn't entirely understand what had happened everyone's taking it well they're in good spirits he said the little girl her big comment was I guess why didn't the kitty play nice Pablo Espinosa, Maya's father, told CBC News his daughter thought the cat was playing. She was eager to return to kindergarten to tell her classmates what happened. Now, during this time, the the article does go on to talk about how there were a bunch of different encounters with cougars for some reason during this season. There were a total of 30 encounters with cougars just in a 10-day period. Six of them were on Friday, the the Friday of this week alone. They're not sure why it was happening during this time. They think that they are hungry. Some of them were considered to be emaciated. But there do seem to be a lot of reports of cougars or mountain lions when they do get very hungry. Coming after people. Now, this next one is one of my biggest fears. (laughs) This is from abcnews.gov, and it's written by Olivia Katranjan, and this is from 2012. So this one is a little bit older. I can't believe that's already eight years ago. 
Mother saves daughter from shark attack in Florida. A brave mother fought off a shark that attacked her daughter as the two were surfing the same day. Another surfer was attacked on the same Florida beach. The two incidents Wednesday are among a series of shark attacks in recent days, as the underwater predators seem to enter shallow coastal waters earlier than usual, with the warmer than usual weather this year. I just said, but the polar bear story, it's going to be warmer this year too. So if you're in Florida or any coastal place where you can come into contact with sharks, be careful. Vala Levy and her 15-year-old daughter, Sydney, were paddling on their surfboards Wednesday off New Smyrna Beach when a shark suddenly pulled the teen underwater. Twice. Levy pulled her daughter onto her board. It was to me like a scene out of Jaws, where the girl's getting sucked under, and I said, there's no way this thing is going to kill my daughter. And I grabbed her shoulders, and I pulled her up and threw her on the nose of my board, Levy told WKMG-TV. The shark continued to circle Levy and her daughter until two nearby surfers heard their screams and helped them to shore. There was already an ambulance at the scene because a shark had attacked a 17-year-old surfer, Nick Romano, in water that was waist-deep only minutes before. Levy was rushed into surgery and released from the hospital a few hours later. A few days earlier, a bull shark leapt out of the water and chomped down on a surfer's arm just over 100 miles away at Florida's Jensen Beach. Good lord. They do go on to talk a little bit about some different attacks in here, but I am terrified of the ocean. I don't know what it is, but when it comes to the ocean, I'm I'm not okay with water that's like above my belly button. I'm perfectly fine with lakes. I can swim. I'm fine with lakes. I'm fine with pools. I don't want anything that can eat me in the water. You know? So that's that's terrifying and concerning. And I don't know if you know how hard it is to pull somebody, a, a teenager, out of the water by their shoulders while you're sitting on a surfboard. It's hard to pull somebody out of water when you're like, on solid land or even just on a dock or something. I couldn't imagine. Could not imagine. (laughs) Now this next one is another common kind of attack. Mom saves toddler from crocodile by sticking fingers up reptile's nose. This one is very recent. This is from April 18th, 2020. And it's written by Paula Friolik on the New York Post. Note to the wise, if you're ever attacked by a crocodile, stick your fingers up its nose. A mother in Zimbabwe rescued her toddler from a killer croc this week by jamming her fingers up the reptile's nose. I'm going to mispronounce this name. I am sorry. Marina Misisnia? Yana? something like that, 30, had left her two children playing under an umbrella in the bank of the Runday River while she went fishing nearby when she heard a scream and saw her son Gideon being dragged away by the huge reptile. 
Marina jumped on the beast and used her fingers to block its nose, forcing it to release its grip on the boy, according to the mirror. During the encounter, she was bitten on the hand. I pressed its nose hard, a tip I learned from the elders long back from Kosi Village. If you suffocate a crocodile from its nose, it loses its strength, and that is exactly what I did. I used my other arm to free my baby's head from its jaws. Even to this day, I still do not believe I rescued my son. Gideon was taken to a nearby hospital and has since made a full recovery. Ooh, my eye is twitching. <laughs> Ooh, good lord. That seems terrifying. Why? I mean, I understand Zimbabwe. It's not... <sighs> People in Florida, I have questions for you. Why do you live in places where a lot of things can kill you? Australia, you too. Everything there wants to kill you. Why do you live there? Well, this next one is a bit different. This doesn't have to do with natural disasters. This doesn't have to do with wild animals. This one, a mother ends up going like undercover spy to rescue her son. This is from the Huffington Post and it's written by Kavan Sikowski, I think, yep, Sikowski. And this is from December 6th of 2017. Callie Atea, Pennsylvania mother, rescues kidnapped son in Egypt by, hi- by hiding under Niqab? Niqab? I don't know how to say that. Shit. I should have looked that one up. A Pennsylvania mother traveled to Egypt to rescue her son, who she claimed had been kidnapped by his biological father. To avoid detection, the woman reportedly hid under the cover of a Niqab. 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 I don't know. For several months. Calliope, Callie, Atea, her sister, and her son, Khalil Mohammed, or Nico, as he's known, Atea, had traveled to Egypt in July 2011 on a family vacation. While there, they went to visit Mohammed Atea, Callie's ex husband, and Nico's father. On August 1st, 11-year-old Nico was allegedly kidnapped by his father after his mother was pushed out of a taxi cab the family was riding in. He was pounding on the back window, asking, screaming for me and his aunt, Kelly told the Chicago Tribune in December of that year. To me, it's like a living death, you know? I'm walking, I'm breathing, but it's nothing. The emptiness. Since then... Callie had been trying to get her son back home to Fayetteville, Pennsylvania. Some people will say I was crazy, Callie told public opinion about deciding to travel to Egypt to get her son back. I had already lost everything. I had nothing to lose. Callie enlisted the help of a local guide to track down Mohammed, whom she had married in 1999 and separated from shortly after Nico's birth in 2000, according to Fox News. For several months, she was able to disguise herself under under a niqab and watch her son and ex-husband unnoticed. Now this, this headdress that I am having, or this thing that I'm having such trouble pronouncing, it is a face veil that's worn with a headscarf 
and it leaves open the area around their eyes. So their whole face is covered. It would be very easy for her to wear this and blend in. So after months of surveillance, the mother decides to make her move mid-March. Callie drove to Nico's school and waited as the children got off the bus and were greeted by teachers and security. Callie finally saw her son step off of the bus. She walked up, touched his arm, and said, Nico, it's mommy. Come with me. And he went right with her. He reportedly knew it was his mother under the niqab because he recognized her bright blue eyes. I dressed him up as a girl, and we made it back to a safe house, she told Public Opinion. She and her son are now in the United States at an undisclosed undisclosed location. I'm having issues talking today, apparently. It's still unclear why Mohammed allegedly kidnapped his son. My son told me it was to make him a Muslim. Callie, who is afraid Mohammed may try to come to the U.S., told Fox News. He said that we lack the morality and the values that their system has. And he said that Americans were so violent, he said we were a rotting society. Last February, the Franklin County District Attorney filed criminal charges against Muhammad for the concealment of the whereabouts of a child, a felony. I tried to look up to see if there were any new articles on this too, just to see if there are any updates, and there really aren't. It's like retellings of the same story. This mom went to another country. She went to fucking Egypt to track down her ex-husband and get her son back. And there is a picture of her up here with her son, and they both look very, very happy now. This next one is wild. And it could happen to any of us. This is from NewYorkDailyNews.com. It was written by Meg Wagner, and this is from April 23rd of 2014. Mom attacks Pitbull, bites off its ear to save daughter from being mauled to death. Mike Tyson has got nothing on this heroic mom. Chelsea Camp saved her two-year-old daughter from a ruthless Pitbull attack by biting the dog's ear off. The Texas woman was dog-sitting her friend's usually friendly pit bull last month. That's when the dog approached her daughter, Mackenzie, and things got ugly. The dog came up and was just curious, Camp told Houston's KHOU. When he smelled her, that's when you saw it flip, because I think it smelled my dog on her. The dog began attacking the little girl and Camp was determined to save her daughter. Camp bit the dog's ear off and punched it in the mouth. Somehow, she managed to call 911 during the fight. An officer responded and shot the pit bull, but didn't kill it. However, the dog was later euthanized. A month later, Camp and Mackenzie are both recovering. Camp is back at work and can now use both of her arms. Mackenzie has scars on her face, but gets her stitches out this week. She's a strong little girl and a fighter, Camp said. She's meant to be here. 
Even after the ordeal, Camp says she still loves dogs, no matter the breed. This is a rough one because it's not, it's not just pit bulls. Pit bulls get a bad rap. They can be so, so sweet. But just like any dog, they can be aggressive. I mean, typically, the most aggressive dog is a chihuahua. I think we all know that. There are actually more reports of injuries or needing to get stitches or dog bites from chihuahuas than any other dog breed. I know, it's shocking. Pit bulls get a bad rap. They do. They can be wonderful, wonderful dogs. No one knows why this dog snapped and attacked a little kid. At one point, pit bulls were known as nanny dogs because they were great with children. So I don't know why this dog snapped. It's a shame. Luckily, the little girl and her mom are both fine and they made a complete and full recovery. Now this next one has to do with a bear encounter. This is from 2014. And this is from... Shoot. Missoulian.com? Missoula woman saves six-year-olds from bear encounter. A Missoula woman's quick thinking saved her friend's six-year-old sons from a potential encounter with a black bear as they waited for the school bus in residential area of West Missoula. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Please don't at me about it. (laughs) Just because doubt I'm ever going to have to say this again. Candace Gamma saw Blake and Brayden Williams standing on the sidewalk Thursday morning and then spotted a bear about 20 yards away. Gamma drove her car between the boys and the bear and yelled for them to get in the car. When they didn't respond quickly enough, Gamma says she grabbed them by their backpacks and threw them in the car. The boy's mother, Kim Williams, says the boy's grandfather was ready to confront Gamma when he heard her scream, Bear! Bear! Blake and Brayden say they weren't scared. Gamma's five-year-old daughter, Allison, said her mom was the hero of the day. How cool is that? I have never seen a bear in person. I imagine it would be fucking terrifying. I wonder... Bears don't typically come into neighborhoods, do they? At least not while people are out and about, and I might have to actually look into that. I know people catch them on their um, their outdoor cameras and security cams and stuff like that. But do they come into neighborhoods? regularly? Let me know if you know. Now this next one. We have all, I think, heard a version of this tale. This is from 2015 and this is on NBCNews.com. Hostage Florida mother uses Pizza Hut phone app to call for help. A Florida mother being held hostage at knife point by her boyfriend managed to call for help using a pizza delivery app, police said. Cheryl Treadway convinced her boyfriend to let her use her phone to order from Pizza Hut. But as well as requesting a small, hand-tossed classic pizza with pepperoni, 
Treadway also wrote, 911, hostage, help, in the order's comments, prompting the Pizza Hut to call the authorities. Police responded to the pizza chain and to Treadway's home in Highlands County after she made the order on Monday, at which point she ran outside holding a small child. Treadway's boyfriend, 26-year-old Ethan Earl Nickerson, was persuaded to come outside peacefully, and her other two children were unharmed, police said. We've never seen that before, Candy Hamilton, manager of the restaurant that took the order, told WFLA. I've been here 28 years and never, never seen nothing like that. Nickerson was charged with aggravated assault with a weapon, battery, false imprisonment, and obstructing justice by depriving communication to law enforcement. I couldn't find any more updates to this story either, but this is actually a suggestion that police give now. If you are in trouble and you can't openly call 911, they say to do something like this, place a food order of some kind, and in the comments section, put 911 and then like hostage or kidnapped or whatever it may be because there's all your information is on there. The address where you're at, everything. Police will respond. So if you're ever in a situation where you need that, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal tip to do. Now this last one, this is another amazing mom and she gave up quite a bit to save her son from a burning building. This is by Ankita Mishra on her.womenworking.com and this is from March 19th of 2020. Heroic mom broke her back to save son from burning house by jumping off third floor balcony. A mother's love is as tender as it is fierce. When it comes to protecting her child from danger, she will risk everything, even her life, if that's what it takes. A mom from Massachusetts took a plunge for life and broke her spine in an attempt to save her son from the devastating fire that was engulfing their apartment. Back in 2014, the then 23-year-old Christina Samoas found herself trapped in her house when their building was going up in flames. As the fire started to engulf their home, the only thought in her mind was how to save her 18-month-old son, Cameron. As she peered out the window, she saw thick flames. She immediately grabbed Cameron and ran to the front door, but the hallway was filled with smoke. Soon she understood that there was no way out of the house but the balcony. Given that it was the only choice, she decided to hold her son in her arms and throw herself off of the balcony backward. Needless to mention, it takes a lot of courage to jump off of a third floor. When it comes to risking her life to save her child or give up, a mother's choice is most likely the former. Explaining the incident, she said, I looked out the window again, realized there wasn't going to be any time to wait for a firefighter. She realized she had to jump. I grabbed my son and I gave him a kiss, she recalled. I told him I loved him and then I jumped. 
although she landed on her feet first, she soon collapsed. The impact broke her vertebrae. Nestled in his mother's arms, Cameron was fine. Her struggle to save her son didn't stop there. With a broken back, Christina Army crawled away from the debris and later was airlifted by a local hospital. Her son was fine, but the plunge cost the 23-year-old mom her back. After a few lengthy surgeries, she was out of danger, but it had a severe nerve impact on her. I'm not doing great, but I'm alive. But she was elated that her son was fine. It's so worth it because he's okay, she said. It's amazing to see him perfectly fine and playing. Her boyfriend at the time, Tyler Strangman, told the news outlet, this is the longest he's ever been away from her. Ever since this incident, Christina has been hailed as a heroic mom, but real-life heroes are not superhumans. Doctors soon inform the family that she will probably never be able to walk again. But being the courageous woman she is, she took this challenge as well. According to the GoFundMe page set up for the case, the young mom proved the doctors wrong. Seven weeks, two days, I am now able to climb the stairs while just being supervised. I can use the bathroom unassisted. I can transfer to and from my bed and my chair unassisted. I took my first steps, not holding on to anything, with just Shelby supporting my hips. Today, I walked 195 feet with my new crutches and balanced on a foam board with a ball between my knees. I'd say we're making progress, she wrote at the time. Christina is not only a brave mother who didn't step back from doing what it takes to save her son's life, but she is also a brave woman who proved that strong will power can do miracles. More power to you. So as you see, moms, a lot, most moms, not all, I'm aware of the ones that are not like this. (laughs) Moms tend to want to do anything they can to make sure their children are safe, healthy, and happy. Dads are too. And maybe for Father's Day, I'll do something similar to this for amazing dads. But that's the end of our episode. I decided to do all of them in one and just make this a a long episode. I'm still going to go over some iTunes reviews. So this is going to be a kind of lengthy episode. If you don't want to listen to the iTunes reviews, feel free to end this episode now. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. For those of you that want to listen to the iTunes reviews, let's hop right into it. Okay, so just a reminder, we are going from oldest to newest for these iTunes reviews. We've only made it to June so far. (laughs) So this first one is from Agent Sinner. Raymond, right? Father Sin. That's what he goes by. Outstanding. Love the mix-up. Heard you originally on Mysterious Circumstances, then got hooked like a fish after checking out the Elizabeth Bathory episode. Great research and great delivery. 
He is the host of The Sinful Show. I think as of now, he's doing more interviews, or at least the last time I checked, with everything, especially right now with the kids being home. I don't have time to really listen to as many shows as I used to, so I have not had a chance to go back and check his stuff out that he's been doing lately. I did have the opportunity to come on to his show there for a bit, and we sat there and we just... Then they're shooting the shit, talking about witchcraft, things like that, podcasting. It was a great time. He's great to have an interview with. So if you want to, you can go over and check out The Sinful Show. This one is from Spud9812. Amazing podcast. I've listened to many podcasts, and this one is one of the best I've ever heard. You are so sweet. You are so sweet. Thank you so much. Mafia Catwoman. I love that. (laughs) Binging like it's Netflix. I found this podcast about two weeks ago, and I've binge listened to every chance I get. I'm now completely caught up with all episodes. Jess does an amazing job of bringing these stories to life while giving you a ton of details. She definitely does her research. I can't say enough good things about this podcast. Thank you so much. I, I'm going to tell you guys this. If you've made it this far, then, you know, you actually, I think you actually care or you just want to hear me go over and say your name. I have been planning a couple of really, really big episodes for a while now. Um, I am going to have Justin Rummel on with me very soon think in about four weeks. So not the next episode, but the one after. And we are going to be talking about King James. It's a big, huge topic. And I've been working on it here and there for a while. I am also working on an episode for the Lost Colony of Roanoke. These are topics that are enormous. I mean... It'll get a lot easier now that I don't have to homeschool kids. This is their last week. So that is going to be terrific. But you'll get to see the episodes that do contain a shit ton more information next week and the following week. Talons and Wings 21. Educational and inspiring. I've been binge listening to this podcast for the purpose of learning more about the supernatural. I love the material and that it's put out in this podcast, and I would definitely recommend this podcast. Thank you. Nestor Girl? Must listen. Oh my goodness. I can't turn this off. Your storytelling is great. I love the way you approach different subjects, even sensitive ones. You have a beautiful way of conveying stories I've heard on other podcasts with much more in-depth research and personal accounts of first-hand witnesses. You are my spirit animal. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Allie. That is an amazing, really sweet review. Thank you so, so much. I think there are a couple of episodes that I dug pretty, pretty freaking deep into, especially the ones that do have a lot of information. If you look in certain areas, as much as I love doing episodes like these that are just uplifting and fun. 
I want to do more that do have that heavy research again, just because I've only been doing these ones as as fun as they are to do, because I can't do the research that I normally do, but I don't want to just take a break, you know? So next is Deathly Hollows 7. Ooh, I love that. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. This show is ex- this show is exactly what this Midwestern girl was looking for. Non-judgmental space for me to explore all topics that are taboo. This show is straight up there with Hillbilly Horror Stories, Graveyard Tales, and Brohio. Cannot wait for more shows to be released as I am all caught up. Well, thank you so much. That is a huge compliment for me. I, that I'm blown away. I love... All three of those shows, Hillbilly Horror Stories, Graveyard Tales, Brohio. I love all three of those shows. Those are three of my absolute favorites, along with, of course, Mysterious Circumstances and a, quite a few others. Um, small Town Murder, and that's why we drink. I have a ton of favorites that as soon as like a new episode comes out, I'm listening. Even if I got to put like my headphones in, like with Brohio. With the kids being home, I have to wear my headphones to listen to them. But I absolutely love them. Now next, RWP Cola. Great podcast. Heard their ad on Graveyard Tales and gave it a listen. Really like it. I'm not sure this one's for me. (laughs) Um, I remember getting this and sending Adam a, a message. I was like, hey, shoot, I listen to every episode, but I've never heard you mention my show. So it was a mix-up. I don't know if they were mistaken on what um, show they heard one of my ads on, or if this is supposed to be for a different show. But either way, thank you. I mean, it's five stars. It helps. This next one is from Dire X9. Excellent. I started listening after meeting Jessica at the live show in Indy for three other pods. It was fun hanging out and chatting at the after party. I love the show and the unique content. I especially like the episode on funny folklore. Keep it up and hope to see y'all at another show. The live show in Indy. Last last year was that last year or was that the year before i can't remember either last year or the year before was so much fun (laughs) i had an absolute blast there and it was so great getting to meet everybody the name on here i can't remember who this is but i'm sure i had a blast with you too (laughs) i had a blast the entire time i was there it was it was just so much fun KSS, oh, one time. I like the ghost stories and true crime, but I'm not into the podcast that I li- What the hell is this? I think this one is for supposed to be for somebody else, but I'm not into the podcast that I listen to to get away from politics. Then to hear the extended opinions of political issues aren't what I came for. Otherwise, the stories are decent. I don't think this one was for me. I don't ever talk about politics, so 
Maybe that one was an oops. It was three stars, so not terrible, but I don't think that one was supposed to be for me. Next is Feather Fiddler. Thank you, Heather. One of my favorites. Really enjoyed listening to this podcast. It's entertaining, and I'm always learning new things. I love expanding my knowledge of all things and just delivers the info in such a captivating way. I appreciate I appreciate her perspective and depth of knowledge. Thanks so much and keep up the great work. Thank you, Heather. I love that. Thank you so much. Definitely makes up for the one before that. Redcoat1776. Highly enjoyable and informative podcast. I'm a huge fan of the supernatural, cryptid, and folklore type topics. I found this podcast while searching around for this material and took a chance on it. I can tell you that I am glad that I did, as it is a great podcast, and I enjoy listening to it all the time. Keep up the awesome as keep up the awesome episodes. Thank you so much. This next one is a three star. All the ones that I've talked about so far, except for the, the one that said something about politics, were five stars. That one was a three star, and this one is a three star. PB Varsity 20. Love everything but the theme music. The podcast is great, but the intro music is such a mood killer. It's super jarring and doesn't fit the tone of the rest of the podcast. I did address this at one point before. Um, I try to remember. <laughs> I think I do it most of the time, but sometimes I do forget to kind of make that intro part fade in a little bit so it's not just like wham starting out you know I try to remember I will have to actually go in and edit my actual intro part so that when I so that I don't have an opportunity to forget you know I just forget to do it beforehand (laughs) oh goodness all right diva diana intro I happen to love the intro music. It rocks and totally fits the show. The story this week was awesome. That was back in August. Thank you so much, Diva Diana. I love the intro music too. Um, Most of you know by now, that's a band that my husband is in called Love Turns Hate. If you want to hear more of their songs, you can search um, Love Turns Hate on YouTube. Even if you just search for that song, It's Not Over, then you can come across a lot of their other ones. I think there's 11 that they released. Next one is A.W. Vanderwolf. Great podcast. My daughter and I have been listening since early on and love the content and the intro. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Deo 1584, absolutely amazing. I always look forward to Jessica's new episodes. They're informative and entertaining. Keep up the great work, Jess. Jules from Women Behind the Veil. Thank you, Jules. And I love, I adore Jules. She's an amazing person. And she's so fucking funny. I'm not on social media very often. Um, I tend to stay off of there a little bit. 
And even sometimes when I do hop on to try to check things, like I'll look through my notifications and then I'll get like sidetracked on a video or something. But her group for Women Behind the Veil, she posts some of the funniest shit. My goodness. And she's so sweet. Like we talk regularly all the time. And I absolutely love her. Zoraida B. Amazing storytelling. So not weird at all. I found your podcast in what I like to call my valley of emotions. You know, when it just kind of dips and I need to distract myself. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You have given me such an amazing find. You have beautiful storytelling skills. Keep up the great work. Can't wait till I'm fully caught up. Well, I really hope you were able to come out of that dip. I know it sucks. I'm in a little bit of a dip right now myself. No idea why. No reason for it. But it's just kind of like... So I get it. I hope you're able to come out of that all right. Gaming unicycle style. Interesting name. Love it. With a bunch of black hearts. Heard about your podcast from Hillbilly Horror Stories, and I have been binge listening for a few days now. All I can say is I love it. Well, thank you. And I love you. (laughs) I don't know how you guys can binge listen to me. That, That blows my mind. Next one is Angie1974. Awesome podcast. Just finished listening to your episodes on basic witchcraft. Thank you for them. I joined a couple of witchcraft groups on Facebook that are so complicated and overwhelming. You have really helped me see that it doesn't have to be that way. It is something you can seriously make your own. And thank you also for the witchcraft and Christianity episode. I was raised by a Bible thumper, if you will but left all that behind when I left home, and I refuse to push any beliefs on my sons. I want them to find their path on their own. Glad to know you are like-minded in that way. Well, thank you, Angie. That um, is very true. I, I forget what episode it was that I talked about being a mom while also being a witch. I don't push anything on my kids. I want them to be very open-minded to find what's right for them. If they decide to grow up and be very Christian, Jewish, Muslim, pagan, follow a Norse tradition, witchcraft, just general pagan, Wiccan, it doesn't matter. As long as they're happy and it's right for them. And yeah, a lot of the groups on Facebook for witchcraft, people are negative Nancys. It is mind-boggling. <laughs> I I don't like the Debbie Downers. I get so frustrated. I ended up leaving quite a few of those groups. There are some that I'm in that I just kind of like lurk. And then <laughs> if somebody posts something really cool, like I'll interact a little bit. But I don't comment or anything because it's some of these groups, it's like there are piranhas populating them and they're just waiting for some tender meat to come along. It's insane. Like, express one different opinion and they'll attack you for it. It's not, not a great environment for even like people 
coming into this new. It's not a good environment for people that have been practicing for a long-ass time, let alone coming in new. All right, I'm going to do... I think two more. Okay. Witchy Woman 2018. Ooh, I like that one. Oops, sorry. That's my husband texting me on his break. That was very unprofessional. Podcast. Oh my god, I just found your podcast and I have binged the whole thing. Love your voice and the stories. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much, Witchy Woman. I love that name. That is very sweet of you. Again, I don't know how you binged all of that, but thank you. Next is History Goes Bump. I absolutely adore History Goes Bump, the podcast. Diane and Kelly are two amazing people. I absolutely love both of them. It was so nice getting to meet them. I met them at the live show Hillbilly Horror Stories did in West Virginia. The Moth Band Place. Point Pleasant. Okay, I couldn't remember the name of the town. <laughs> but this is the one from either Diane or Kelly. Don't oh, Diane. It's Diane. I kept I had to keep reading. One of the best. <gasps> you flatter me. I listen to a ton of podcasts and I'm pretty picky. This one locked me in fast and I'm hooked. Instead of another tired paranormal podcast cut from the same cloth, this one is unique. Jess has a great voice and cadence. The production is awesome and the topics are interesting. The music for the intro and outro is great because this podcast screams metal rock with a feminine touch. Keep up the great work, Diane. That makes me insanely happy. Thank you so much, Diane. Diane's been in this business for quite a while. I think five or six years she's been doing this. The whole layout of her podcast, History Goes Bump, is just amazing. I love their show. I love the bloopers at the end that they're doing now. I get so excited for those. But... I think we're going to end the reviews there for right now. Thank you guys so much for listening. You all are awesome. I'll see you in about two weeks with a new episode. In the meantime, if you want some extra content, I do have a Patreon. You can go on there, look for shoes, booze, and tattoos. I do bonus videos and bonus episodes. Join the Facebook group. I have a couple, two videos on there now, along with a shit show of a live. <laughs> the only question you have to answer to get in is my name, Jess. So I hope to talk to you all soon. Thanks. Bye. I'll pick you off the ground after you've fallen down. Get up and turn around. It's not
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.